1: Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, please take your seats. seats. The show show is about to begin. begin.
0: Welcome back to the one and only Cavs the Podcast.
2: Well, Welcome to a post-lottery Instapod um, I'm Nate for Cavs the Podcast I'm Nate Smith, I'm here with
1: Chris Francis And, and
0: Elijah Kim, baby
2: <laughs> <laughs> Big 3Z <laughs> Instead of right, easy,
1: you get it. The beast in the paint Because <laughs> the Cavs are the third pick Oh right. Yes. There you go. Yeah, That's good. Yeah, there I like go. that. I
2: like yeah. that. Yeah, no. Um it was so were you pumped when you realized the Cavs were not
0: in that we're going to be in the top 4? Oh yeah, I was uh ecstatic. Um I was my night took a little longer. We're recording this a little bit later. I was the one chomping at the bit to record this during the, <laughs> <laughs> during the live broadcast. And here we are about an hour and a half away or almost two hours so away what from happened it. So, to Eli? oh man. So I was, I went to this like surprise going away party for a family friend who's moving to California. And then I ran into a girl I haven't seen since high school, uh, which oh, is like man. 14 years ago. And then the shocker of it all was that she married the cousin like the cousin of the girl that I was leaving, it was her cousin, and they got married like two days ago. Oh wow. So I was like, how did I not know this? Like I was I thought I was good family friends with you. But obviously this like slipped through the cracks that I didn't even know they were that close. So oh, wow. I just like caught up with her, I caught up with like a couple other people from high school that I like wasn't expecting to see, and then it just so the night been, you got went to
2: high school in Columbus, right?
0: yeah yeah i went to high school in the columbus area um so just the night just went a lot longer than anticipated um it's
1: cool though so
0: but it was good it was good a good surprise uh, on a multitude of fronts my nba fandom and uh my friendship circles
2: uh, six degrees of sea bus <laughs> <laughs> so did you uh, did you watch it live at the party
0: yeah, I did. I uh, nice. We had a TV on. I asked them to uh, change it to that, because I think a lot of people wanted to watch the game, too. So, you know, it was right before the the Clippers-Suns game, which is at halftime, I think, right now.
1: Yeah. Well, but, um, it's third quarter.
0: Okay. But
2: as, as Chris and I were noting before the pod started, it's it's been a pretty lackluster game in, in terms of quality of play. It, it feels like both teams are
0: um, kind of running through mud a little bit, so... Gotcha. They're pl- both playing not to lose tonight. I feel like uh, I, from what I, feel I saw. Like
2: maybe it's just you know Lakes catching up to Phoenix because it's their second game after a long layup, and then you know obviously Lakes catching up to the Clippers just because they've been playing so many nights in a row. So as as uh, Chris noted, it was they started the series less than forty eight hours after uh, you know closing out the Jazz, and it's funny you should talk about being at a party. So Saturday was it saturday or friday night i can't remember which but i i think it was saturday night i went to a party and with my wife and it was a bunch of uh residents that were graduating getting their residencies. so almost everybody there was a doctor so you you know you always feel like the dumbest guy in the room um and then the other side of that is i had spent the first like two hours or hour and a half, uh, watching the game on my phone. And then finally the host was like, do you just want to watch this on the TV? I get Hulu. I get live sports. And so I was like, put it up there. And I was just that, uh, game seven of, of Utah and the Clippers was one of the best non-Cavs playoffs games I've ever seen. I mean, that was just the, the energy and the shot making and the, just the, the enthusiasm of the crowd in LA was awesome. Um, and speaking of enthusiasm and crowds, you know, um, so they, they rattle off the top 14, the 14 to 5, and then you're sitting there and it was Toronto and the Cavs and Detroit, and who's the other one? Houston. 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 We're, like, what were you feeling in
1: that moment, um, Chris? Well, to be honest, I found out after the fact, um, I, I was actually taking a nap, uh, just before the game. Uh, and so I woke up like first thing I did when I woke up, I checked the, uh, I checked Twitter to find out where we were picking. So it was kind of like a pleasant surprise situation for me. Um, (coughs) excuse me. Uh, it was a pleasant surprise situation for me. And then uh, and then uh, it was full bore into Cavs Twitter and uh, Cavs a blog. <laughs> yeah, no, I was you know? amazed at
2: the amount of enthusiasm. A lot of people we hadn't heard from in a long time were just, you know, heavy in the thread. So I, I'm liking it just from a you know a Cavs engagement and Cavs uh uh enthusiasm standpoint. What about you, Eli? Where where were you when you kind of found out that the Cavs were in
0: the top four? So I gotta be honest. I saw that we were in the top four, and then I kind of got lost in conversation. And then I I looked up, and then I felt like it happened really quick between one through four. It went
2: through it really fast.
0: And I looked up, and I'm like, wait, no way, the Cavs already like this already happened? Because I was like, in my gut feeling, I thought the Toronto Raptors one would have won it because they jumped so far ahead, you know, right? Just psychologically. So I was like, oh yeah, like it's. Got to be Toronto and like poor Port Detroit, poor Houston, like dropping that many spots. Um, but then you know, I looked up and I'm like, oh wow, like the Cavs got third and not uh not fourth. <laughs> like so, I was pretty ecstatic uh to see that. And then you know, quickly, sure, even quicker than that, the the, the game for Phoenix. Uh, L A started right after that, so I was just like, yeah. "Oh well." So you know, it was pretty lackluster. Were, were you disappointed or excited when you kind of saw the Cavs at three? So, I mean, I think overall, I'm still very excited. Um, as we talked about last night, like four is kind of would have been my one of my least favorite positions in this draft. To be honest, you feel like um, it's a, a you know
2: three deep draft and a big drop off after the third pick.
0: Yeah, I mean. I, uh, like i shared last night i think mobley is it's like you know Cade and mobley are my top two clearly and i like green a lot um maybe more than others but you know i'm just suggs is a great prospect but the fit is just kind of weird to me uh for the calves so that's just kind of why i thought three would you know three was a very good result for the for the Cavs and I was pretty happy with it yeah. overall stuff. Um,
2: I don't know if either of you guys caught it because it sounds like you were listening pretty casually but um, you know, Waj dropped uh, some knowledge before and during the, the broadcast he said, you know, be prepared. He basically said you know, be prepared to be surprised if you're a Cavs fan because they really want to compete and they're open to trading anybody so, and of course you know, our old pal, um Sam Amico tweeted right after the game that the Cavs are quote unquote open for business in terms of trading the third pick or trading anybody, uh, to get better. Um, I personally think, uh, the Cavs would be very smart to consider trading down to Orlando to get the fifth and the eighth pick if that was an option. Um, I, I really think it's a deep draft and I like Kuminga a lot and I think he, has a definitely has an nba body and really fits a lot of needs for the Cavs. um and he from a fit standpoint he makes a lot of sense and then if you can go ahead and get that eighth pick or you know leverage uh pick into some vets or whatever i think that really makes a lot of sense for the Cavs. so it it's interesting um i don't know what do you what do you think about those ideas
1: uh chris with the third should, pick, should the
2: Cavs uh, I, my, keep the third pick? I was kind of traded. disappointed.
1: Obviously, it's not number one, um, you know. But uh, with the third pick, I just think you got options. There's a whole bunch of options now uh, uh, at the Cavs' fingertips. Um, and the in the initial reaction for me was uh, part of the options uh, that open up is you you have options to not destroy your cap whatever cap space you have by uh rolling out the bag for Allen or Sexton. You know, with Mobley and possibly Jalen Green there, uh there just seems to be like now there's now there's a whole bunch of opportunities for the Cavs to get better and also just not overcommit themselves to what's going on right now. So, you know, I so that was the silver lining of not getting Cade for me. So. Do, you, do you think – do they keep the third pick to you or do you do they look to
2: move it, package it for a vet, um, I think down? What, what do you think?
1: I think they're going to keep it just because uh, I, I would agree basically with uh, Elijah that it's a three-person draft draft. Um, and that's where stars come from. I, I discussed it before, you know, just analytical models on the draft. It, it's the top three that you need to be in to really get a, get a franchise get guy. And, at least uh, I think, they
2: have the best odds to get a franchise. Yeah.
1: Right. 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 Yeah. So I think, uh, I think what we're seeing now and with the Watch thing or whatever is, uh, uh, I think it's just all like a smokescreen or leverage, you know, to to get. I, I would some, possibly say that get something was done. True, so.
2: except for the fact that Waj is not wrong very often, unless <laughs> it involves LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> you know. That, yeah, I mean that's what who gives knows? Me pause. The only thing yeah. that he kind of has a big blind spot on is LeBron.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, and that would be wild. That would be absolutely wild. And you know, I, I get why. You know. I don't think any options should be off the table, you know, for the Cavs. So, I mean, I'll be clear about that. Like, I don't think they should eliminate any possibilities, but I feel like the, I feel like it's pretty safe to just go ahead and take either Mobley or green, whoever falls. So, uh, or even Suggs, you know, uh, but uh, it seems like green is really kind of the preferred candidate there.
2: Yeah. Any, anything to add about that? Are you all in on green, Eli? Is that your boy, or um, will you be
0: just thrilled with Green or Mobley? Oh, I would be ecstatic if we got if Mobley were to drop to us. Um, I really think that he could be the best player in this draft. Um, but if it's Green, you know, I'd also be very very happy. Um, that's why I think third pick doesn't really—you can't really go wrong. Um, I think you know. And then I was pretty clear last night. You know, I said four is where, if you're the Cavs, you you consider trading down or going with, like, maybe a Scotty Barnes, you know. So the fact that uh, the Cavs were able to kind of avoid that whole conundrum and pick kind of the best of the three, whatever's left of the three, um, is just really enticing uh, for me. Um, And I'm I'm good with Jalen Green. I feel like that is kind of the leader in the clubhouse, um, so to say. So, you know, Green would be a very interesting uh, player. He's super athletic. He can score. He's, you know, probably the most likely to score a lot of, be a perennial 25 point per game score. So, you know, definitely excited for that kind of potential on the Cavs team for sure.
2: That's interesting. I, I honestly, I really like Jalen Suggs too. I mean, I liked him in the tournament. I think he, the only problem with Jalen Suggs is he's really ideally a point guard. In the NBA, and he is perfect size to play the point guard. He's a little undersized for the two. I mean, obviously, you know we're moving t- more towards positionless basketball. But I do think a Suggs, uh, Darius Garland backcourt could be really dynamic and featuring feature a lot of playmaking. Um, was it you, Chris, that talked about uh, how good Jalen Suggs shooting off the dribble was in the?
1: Uh... Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was a tidbit that I actually think I got from. Um... One it was either Bleacher Report uh, or Draft Express. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, just like uh, uh, just scouting, they're they're, they're scouting uh, media and uh, and they had mentioned that uh, Suggs is shooting off the dribble is uh, elite. Basically, that's it. he put up an elite number. It was nearly forty percent off the dribble, which is that's kind of like what you the elite scorers in the NBA. That's what they do. They, they, they're able to shoot off the dribble. And, uh, so, and, and I was doing a little bit of research on Suggs last night, um, among others. And, uh, and I think, uh, you know, w- w- the reason why I have hope for Suggs is because he was really the offensive engine for Gonzaga. Um, there's, uh, two metrics that, uh, analytic, a- analytic people like, which is free throw rate and, Uh, usage rate and uh, he was ranked in the top 10 I believe in usage rate in in his conference as a freshman yeah Um, although
2: his conference is garbage
1: yes it is yeah absolutely that's uh, yeah Uh, although I I think supplementing that with what he did I think what became clear in the tournament was that he was by far the best player uh that that Gonzaga had uh in my opinion as far as uh, guys that could translate to the NBA. And
2: he also seemed to me like a guy that would be very well served to have a lot of NBA quality players around him. And the talent around him wasn't nearly as good as it would be at Gonzaga. Right. And right. I don't know if you guys are watching this Clippers game, but um, <laughs> uh, Patrick Beverly just basically frickin' headbutted Devin Booker in the nose and... Um, trying to guard him and there's blood all over booker's face and all over beverly's forehead and his uniform and now booker's going back to the locker room so it's a pretty ugly scene
1: yeah god i hate pat beverly (laughs) i'm sorry i
2: like him but i think his
1: shtick he's kind of become a parody of himself yeah well i mean i i it's the russell westbrook incident that really turned me hacked me off like Come on, guy. You know, like took a took a guy's knee out on a on a BS play. Which, yeah, I, you know, I that was a while ago,
2: so I don't remember it that much. But I hated the Thunder at the time, so it was hard for me. To
1: do <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, well, it was it was uh, a situation where Russell Westbrook was calling a timeout in the half court, and uh, Beverly no, went first. I remember yeah. it. Yeah, I just yeah
2: yeah, yeah. It, it, so, was kinda, it was kind it was kind of garbage. So you know pivoting back to uh something that we talked about yesterday is of course eli was and it seems like old news now but the ben simmons discussion yesterday eli (laughs) emailed and basically said yeah i wish i'd have been able to stay on and argue with you and so you know eli and uh ben worth both in the uh in the email thread came out big time in favor of supporting ben simmons um you know, if the, if the Cads had an opportunity to get him and, and I'll just kind of summarize a little bit from what Ben was saying and, and Eli, you can weigh in here in a second, but I, I, you guys are swaying me. So I'm going to, I'm going to just give some tidbits here. So yeah, Ben said he'd happily put himself on record saying he'd trade for Simmons in a effing second. He, uh, he said, he, you know, we're looking at a very bad stretch of, you know his career right now for the bubble, if he goes back to 60%. It's a huge positive, and he had a couple terrible weeks. Um, and and you know, Doc kind of hung him out to dry too. But the other thing was, you know, in that game, Embiid kept giving the ball away, and you know, it really was uh, Doc throwing Simmons under the bus to kind of save his bacon uh so we're, we're a little bit down on on simmons for sure um and he said you know playing george hill and dwight howard lost in the game uh, as well as Embiid's eight turnovers had a lot more to do with the loss than than simmons uh so he thinks you know and we talked about this a little bit last night simmons is a Giannis light um and he would play really well in a different situation um, but the problem is, is they'd need to move Jared Allen for a four or five that could shoot, and you know, hope Love can still be a real ball player. Um, it, it'd be interesting. And then, kind of my follow-up take on that was, well, if you're doing that, maybe you, if you got a shot at a Mobley, you bring in a Mobley and you trade. I, I think I had a three-way deal of Jared Allen going to the Kings, and then Buddy Hield and Colin Sexton going to uh, the Sixers for uh, Simmons. So, you know, rebut, feel free to follow up or rebut, Eli, uh, you know, both on what, you know, Chris and I talked about last night and, and, you know, kind of what I just went over.
0: Yeah, I mean, given, obviously, the situation has kind of changed drastically, right? Like with the Simmons trade, Part of it was maybe include this year's pick if you don't get a top five pick. With a top three pick, I don't think there's anyone who would agree that trading that pick away for Simmons is the move. I would not include it in any Simmons trade for sure. Um, And I I do think that Simmons, you know, he definitely had a really bad stretch this series. There's no argument for me on that side. But the way he just fits, like the Cavs desperately need a big playmaking wing and the one who could potentially play defense. And I just think he checks almost every box on that. The Cavs needed so desperately this year, except for three point shooting, which I will concede that he's horrendous and doesn't do. But, um, you know, he's a type of talent that I think it is worth to, you know, switch your team around and he'd instantly be the most talented player on the Cavs squad as it is. Um, and with now knowing you have the third overall pick and you have a chance at Evan Mobley or Jalen Green, you could easily build around a Simmons uh, lineup with how, however you construct the trade. Obviously, you want to, you'd probably cling Titus to uh, Gar- Garland in any trade scenario. Um, if you could keep Garland in any of those trades, that'd be great. But, you know, any lineup with, like Ben pointed out, any lineup with uh, Nance, garland or coro and simmons and now if you add green like that's just a super freaky and explosive just lineup all on a, all five positions That could
2: on on offense know, and conceivably defense too
0: correct yeah i mean those are just you have at least three guys who i would say are you know good two-way players with that potential lineup so i'd be very open to trading the 22 2022 uh pick in a simmons trade I don't know what the rest of the pieces are. Maybe you give up like Osman. Uh, you have to give up Torian Prince. You would have to somehow f-
2: I, I make the salaries work. I think you have to work. give up
0: one of
2: your core young three and Allen, or um, and, and I feel it, it feels like Allen to me just from a salary standpoint. Unless you can somehow package Love in that deal, but I think that's a really tough sell. Um, yeah, and, but and of course the other news today around the Calves is that Love is, you know, volunteering to play on the Olympic team, uh, which is both terrifying and encouraging at the same time. Yeah. So what were you going to say?
0: You said, yeah, but you gave me a yeah, but. Oh, yeah, sorry. So, yeah, but the weird thing is if you do trade for Simmons, you'd actually almost want to keep Kevin Love over someone like a Jared Allen who can't shoot because right. with Kevin Love, you get the rebounding – He's not a plus defender, but he'll rebound, right? And he can hit threes for you. But so then that's you still like need you know, a
2: five, because you can't really play
0: love at the five anymore. True, but um, which, which well, I mean, simple. I would, I mean, it's you'd have to play him at the five in some cases. though. exactly, exactly is
1: Simmons, yeah. His, Simmons yeah. would have. To, I mean, honestly, that's like if you look at that's the problem in part in in Milwaukee is there is Giannis's unwillingness to go off ball. Um. And and instead of being a point forward type, be a small ball five or or a roller.
2: Well, I in, will in say most of uh, Milwaukee's best sets down the stretch in the closeout game against the Nets were when they were going with Holiday or Middleton and yep. you know Giannis as a screener. I thought those yep. sets were just deadly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's the question about it more often.
1: Yeah. You and know, that's the, the question about we
2: saw that with, you know, LeBron and Delhi.
1: Yeah. In the day. Yeah. And that's the question with Simmons is, is there a willingness on his part to play off the ball? And granted, I know that the situation in Philadelphia, they have crap guards. They have no playmaking guards. They're all uh, uh, varying degrees of chuckers. Um but uh, you know that's that's been the problem with Simmons, in part, in Philly is uh, is there a willingness on his part to play off the ball as a screener and become like a monster um, secondary playmaker? Well, sla- and, you know,
2: you know, if there's a guy that's going to kill you in a
1: short role situation, it's definitely him. Oh I mean, yeah. He, oh he, man, it would be amazing. He's brutal. In oh you know, yeah. And it would hopefully unlock some scoring from him, right. you know, to get him more aggressive going to the basket and scoring. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's a fair point, you know. Uh, I think Eli and Eli and uh, Ben had a fair point as far as, but, but but and they addressed the problems, which is you'd have to reconstruct the roster. I mean, surely Allen, you're not paying or and is gone, you know, in that scenario, and then um, and then. And then I mean, to me, really,
2: the ideal scenario in that case is finding a sign-and-trade partner because you don't want to lose them for nothing. Right,
1: right, right. And then, and then there's the question of what's the value of a non-stretch big in today's NBA. You know, what, what exactly is there enough there? You know, uh, as far as something that people want to to. You know Yeah Well yep.
2: So yeah And Ben's take I don't know if you read it. He's like The the Sixers aren't giving anything else up for him So And I think Wadge said You know Teams are going to trade assets for him So if they choose to move him uh, It's interesting I think I think Doc Rivers My, my gut Is that Daryl Morey doesn't want to trade from a position of weakness So You know Simmons will probably be back next year having worked with a shooting coach all summer. Um, and Did then, you
1: catch the story about that?
2: Um, about yeah. the, the... With Rich Paul? Yeah, and they had a plan, and then Rich Paul said, nah, we're just going to get our own guy. <laughs> and it was just like some D3 cousin. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> and, well, and, and everybody knows... I mean, Philly fans know he's shooting with the wrong hand.
2: Well, that and there's a lot of rumors that he is... You know, a diva, a jerk, an a-hole, um, yeah. Yeah. a terrible teammate. You know, the, the stories are kind of all over the place. So that's interesting, too. I, I don't know if I want a locker room cancer. I don't, I don't know if that's true. I think certainly this whole situation's got to be a little humbling for him. Hopefully it is, especially if he becomes a Cav. I I
1: think the odds are pretty low of that. But Oh, he's not going – like you said, He, he they're not – Morey's not going to trade, you know, sit pennies on the dollar for him. So, yeah, and that's what his value is right the now. The
2: only way I see that happening is if he gets some really good offers, and they just make a lot of sense for from sure. a shooting standpoint. So. Right. Right. Anyway, um, so Eli, I do have a question for you. What do you think about the trade back idea? Are you just like top three or bust?
0: Um, you know, honestly, I th- I liked your trade idea of five and eight. Um, I don't think that's something they the uh, Magic would go for, just because um, they have so many needs. Yeah, I think. Yeah, they just their team is so so uh, depleted of talent after trading away Aaron Gordon and uh, Vucevic this year. So yeah, I just can't see them wanting to trade away. And considering you know the top kind of nine of this draft is kind of that sweet spot. For of talent, right. so yeah, yeah you know. But I did like your that needed one elite talent that that might make more sense. But yeah, yeah. What were you saying? But I did like your idea of seven fourteen, um, and possibly a player or cap relief uh, with the Warriors. I'm not sure that they'd want to make that trade either. Um, but you know that that thought process does kind of intrigue me in a sense that. Um, you know, at 7 I think you could get a good player, maybe like uh, you know, Scotty Barnes if he's still around or you know, your guy Josh Gitty. Yeah. Um, that type of talent. But in December I think the Warriors, I think the Warriors would be more inclined to do that. I think the Cavs would not be because I think they are giving up that top 5 talent to make that kind of move.
2: Yeah, and I think the Warriors when you look at the way that roster is constructed with You know, Draymond and Wiseman and Steph and Clay, it's like, okay, you only really have one more starter position up for grabs there unless you just think Wiseman is a total bust. Um, I don't know if two players helps you as much as one really good player if you're the Warriors. You know, I, I think three for that is, is pretty, is a tough sell though to me. Um, to move, back to seven from three it, it there just might be too big of a talent drop off um you know and, and you talked about giddy a little bit and ben weighed out on that and you you said you're pretty high on Sangoon. or am i pronouncing that right do you know
0: i'm not sure but i am pretty high i think he could be like uh a- I think Sangoon is not a super... Like Ben says, Ben's not a big fan because he's not an explosive leaper. Um, he's a little worried he might not be a good shooter in the NBA because of yeah. you know better contesting. But uh, to me, I'm actually pretty high because he was very good in his league. And his league is better than the Australian league, you know?
2: Yeah. I mean, so he- I
0: think those are some very clear signs that he could be a good player. Um, and it would translate in the NBA, given... You know, let's be honest. Jokic did not look good um, when he played in his in the Euro League. Um, but obviously, not everything is the same or equal. But his shooting, I think, can translate, and he could. He, you know, the, ironically, the comp that a lot of people give Sanguna is a Kevin Love, who already has a three pointer, and you know, you just get a twenty year old Kevin Love. Um, that's someone that you know would be pretty intriguing in the seven you know, mid to late lottery slot.
2: Yeah, and he's definitely taller than Kevin Love. You know you know, between six ten and six eleven where Kevin Love is between six eight and six nine. So um yeah, I'm I'm intrigued by him too, but you know, Ben, you know, Ben's take on it, I'm just gonna read you here. Um, you know, he's underwhelmed by Sangoon's athleticism. Um, you know, Giddy's fun, he looks like a superstar from the sixties with his style and high dribble. But he, he has that natural ball flick with either hand that makes him a really good passer and, you know, bodes well for touch uh, in the same way that, you know, LaMelo Ball did. Um, you know, he's really fast, especially going left, but he's kind of got a weird mechanic where he finishes better um, going left with the right hand because uh, he jumps better off his right leg, which is weird. Um And he does have a bit of a floater, but he's not a great finisher or shooter right now and don't know if he's going to be for a while. His shot does look a little mechanical. He doesn't have that super quick release that LaMelo had. And LaMelo's mechanics were kind of jacked up, but his release was very hard to block. Um, But, you know, defensively thinks, uh, you know, it could be an average player, but doesn't have that real low base and might have a hard time moving laterally. Um but you know he's he's kind of mad on him. Um I I like him a lot, but I definitely got to do more research. Um you know Sangoon to me or Sangoon to Ben as you said not absurdly long or a three-point shooter and you know he's a good post player, but he doesn't have that two-footed explosiveness and you know if you're just getting a use of Nurkic, uh, who might be a good comp for him, you know, is that a guy that you want to base your draft around in a draft like this? That's a that's a tough sell. So
0: yeah, and, yeah. Let me just add on a little bit more to Sengun. Um, you know, he was the he was the MVP of the Turkish league, and obviously, mm-hmm. like there a lot a, of MVP, which is a
2: quality league for sure.
0: Very good league, and he's only you know he he's, he's still eighteen years old. So there is part of a projection on Sengun, and uh, you know I think that's why people who love him will point to those things. He could be the you know like a a guy that comes in and you know focuses on being elite at shooting threes, getting rebounds, and you know eventually add the passing and the more defensive chops as he gets older because you know his physical tools could still get better you know as an eighteen year old.
1: Well so. and then
0: of course there's the whole thing about, you know, Euro players
2: have tended to be more skilled both offensively and defensively. You know, Mark Cuban talks about they draft Euros because they know how to rotate on defense, whereas a lot of American players they never get taught anything till college about that. Um you know, and I I definitely you're you're selling me a little on Sagoon and and I want to look at him more. Uh, the fact that he's only 18 is, is really eye-popping to me. You know, we all talked about it one time. Uh, I don't know if Luka Doncic is athletic enough or explosive enough, and that just seems like a totally silly argument right now when he kind of never was in an NBA weight training program. And also, you know, everything that's gone on in the last year is super weird anyway. Um He's definitely an intriguing prospect. The Cavs would be a really nice fit for him, for having uh, a fellow con- uh, countryman and Chetty Osman there um, to kind of, you know, or, orient him to the league. So it, it certainly would be an interesting fit. And and you got to think a guy like that would be there at seven. But the other side of that, if you if you do a seven and fourteen, like who do you get from? the warriors there's not a lot of guys on that squad outside of um you know their big four that are are all that intriguing
0: you know what i mean yeah. yeah oh yeah i yeah i agree there's not there's not a lot of talent um you know besides their four guys that are slated to start right now yeah exactly so
2: um i don't have i don't know what are you looking forward to you know in terms of valuation and researching and everything coming up in the draft in the next few weeks. Uh, when is the draft delay? Uh,
0: I actually don't know this off the top of my head right now.
1: Let's see. Man, here. you
0: are disappointing me. I, I, I know. Usually I know. You are this on is
2: top of it normally.
1: Chris, do you know? uh, it is July 29th. July 29th. Okay. It's
0: a month, month yeah. away. a month little,
1: away. Little Five
0: weeks away, yeah.
1: Yeah,
2: and that, yeah, yeah there's there's going to be a lot of crazy NBA news between now and then, for sure, because...
1: Free know, agency starts on July 1st, right? Is that still true, or is that no, not true? that
2: can't be true, because we're still playing... We're still going to be playing the playoffs on
1: July oh, 1st. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. My bad. I forgot this. Is, that the schedule's still screwed up this year. Yeah. Okay. Um, are they doing free agency before the draft again? I don't know. That's what I was just curious about. Um... Uh... The draft is first this year. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
2: And and that that honestly, well, they did the free agency after the draft last year too, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. It's the just NFL like NFL that. that switched it up, right?
0: Correct. Correct.
2: Yeah. And, and to me, it really doesn't make sense to do free agency before the draft in the NBA. Uh, mainly, yeah, mainly because it's easier to trade. I don't know. It's so weird. Everything's weird. <laughs> Um, so any crazy news that you feel like is going to happen before the, uh, the draft shakes out or does it just all depend on how these, these final four teams shake out in the
0: playoffs? Uh, Eli? Uh, I think, uh, I think a Ben Simmons trade will still happen. Honestly, I think. Wow. That
2: before the draft I th- or after? I th-
0: I think it'll happen, like, at least before free agency. Um, Or or in conjunction with free agency. Yeah. And I think – I really think – it probably won't be the Cavs, but I do think, like, a team like the Blazers just makes so much sense where you can trade, like, C.J. McCollum uh, for Ben Simmons, I think, and obviously more surrounding pieces. Yeah. I think that's a good fit for both teams, to be honest, because the Blazers are horrendous on defense. And yeah, that,
2: that's not the worst fit. Um, my, yeah, that's a tough one though. To me, just because, like, why are you taking the ball out of Dame's hands and not adding shooting? You, you know, you you almost like you need three and D, not playmaking in D on that team. But
0: yeah, but um, I th- I do think there will be a Ben Simmons trade okay. uh, between now and the the draft, or in conjunction with the draft.
2: Okay. And uh what about uh it, it, what about uh, anything with these four teams that are left or you think, you know, whatever happens, they they've they're
0: satisfied with their season and they're coming back next year? Oh, I think Kawhi is going to stay with the Clippers. I think uh, Chris Paul is going to sign the the richest deal for the oldest player in NBA history. <laughs> Probably like 3 years and like 100 million or like 120 million or something like that. Yeah, that's going to be maybe scary. not a Maybe like uh, you think he stays yeah. with Phoenix, or you think he's gone? Oh, I think I think he has to stay. I think he'll do like a three-year, hundred-billion-dollar deal with him or something like that to come I, back. I think
2: there is not. I I think there's a twenty-five percent chance he just goes to the highest bidder. Um, I I could see that. Like the Knicks, the Knicks Knicks, would be an interesting. Yeah, it would make so much sense for him. Um, although I I from what I understand, he does not want to be on the East coast because his family's all in LA.
1: So, yep. And that also, he's apparently, apparently he's a big golf aficionado too. So, (laughs) so it sounds like, you know,
2: Phoenix is, is the, is probably the move unless, uh, unless he goes to, you know, like this, something crazy like the Spurs or something, but I just don't see that happening. So, yeah. Of course, you know LeBron could always try and get him back on the uh, the Lakers. I, I could actually see that happening. If, uh, but I think if he's going to go for the paycheck, and the Lakers would have to trade so many contracts to get him.
0: In a weird way, if the Clipper or the Suns win, maybe because there are rumors that Carmelo would go to the Lakers this off season, mm-hmm. and if Chris Paul wins, like he. He won't really owe. And then Phoenix Dwayne anything. Wade
2: comes out of retirement and they
1: blow up
0: the banana <laughs> oh, boat. Oh man! <laughs> no, like, I don't think Dwayne Wade can unless he sells his stake in the Jazz. Somehow. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> but
1: yeah, he can, you know, supply a banana boat. <laughs> there you go. Supposedly, there's rumors about Westbrook in L.A. Well, um, on the the Lakers. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. There I, was. I a- gotta think. I don't understand why Washington would trade him, though. He played oh, yeah. so well last year. Yeah, yeah. LA doesn't have a lot to trade unless you're giving up Davis. Yeah, uh, I think their only real trade ship is a bunch of sign and trade guys, and then and I and I think that's a much harder sell this year when there's so many other teams with cap room. Um, and then the other thing they have, the only other real one is Talon Horton Tucker, who's really just you know mid level guy at this point and then you, you almost feel like uh, oh, who's their power forward? Um, the well, guy who's going to be here. Kuzma. Kuzma, oh, Kuzma, yeah, Kuzma right. is kind of his contract's kind of over his value at this point. He, he, he strikes a lot of people as a non-serious basketball player. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. so. Yeah, well, and supposedly they're looking to move him. So, Um, well, I guess a lot of the Washington rumors is based on the fact that they think Leonsis is an idiot. So,
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that could be true. And I think the other thing, a lot of I think the big underreported stories is that a lot of NBA teams are hemorrhaging money because there's been such a cut on the revenue gate in the last year. Or the gate revenue in the last year and um, a lot of teams do not want to go over the cap or the tax threshold this year. Mm. Um, and that's a lot of from what I understand the Boston moves and you know, Sarver's never been a guy that wanted to go over the cap or the tax. So has the has
1: the new has the new salary cap been established yet for next no, season? They won't, no,
0: It won't until after the season. Gotcha.
2: Okay. Yeah, because they have to calculate all that revenue, and it's going to be a little weird this year. So, gotcha. what about you, Chris? Any any big wild predictions on you know off season stuff over the next few weeks?
1: Yeah, I mean the well, I guess it was the one um, the Westbrook one was the and Beal. Uh, those are the two names I wonder about, um, and uh, I mean obviously Simmons, but uh, yeah, like uh, I think. The other part is, uh, the coaching searches that are going on right now. Yeah. Um, there's the possibility Becky Hammond gets hired, or uh, uh, U- U- Udoka, um, I think is his name, uh, former Spurs assistant. Yeah, and
2: then there's I believe another um, woman coach,
1: Carol um, Lawson has been mentioned. In that, um, is that for the Pelicans? uh Well, uh believe Swin Cash is right. Okay. Uh, oh, no, no. You're talking about Weatherspoon. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah so uh, it's going to yeah, be interesting. I'm kind of better possibilities. Yeah. And and it's, you know, uh, it's, you know, about damn time, you know, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you got to think there's quality female coaches out there that need just need a shot, you know, yeah, so I mean, uh, it'll be interesting to get you that
2: board. or somebody hire Stan Van Gundy again. <laughs>
1: right, <yeah. laughs> the hedgehog uh, reemerges. Oh man, oh man, and, and honestly, I mean, like, what could he have? Do- like, I mean, you know, there's the debate there with the roster there, and David Griffin, and and signing, uh, you know, Stephen Adams and stuff like that. So, but uh, it was funny that I guess one well, there was yeah, the, the rumors Adams extension was brutal. Yeah, and then there's rumors that uh, Zion is unhappy. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, a bunch of stuff could happen. Like, yeah, uh, and yeah. Of course, some...
2: everything going crazy with the maps. Yeah, you right. Know, I know. I know. You've got Nate McMillan is a coaching free agent, and yep. he could be end up being the highest paid NBA coach in the league after these <laughs> playoffs.
1: Oh man, I can't believe he's still an interim. Well, Andrew Carlisle. Wow. Yeah, I know. Where is he going to go? That's that to me is an interesting question. But I mean, like. What if Bud wins and they still fire him? They, like I think there's a non-zero happen. chance Clearly. that happens.
2: <laughs> no, there's not a non-zero chance. That's not going to happen. You don't Giannis think it's so? Loves him. If they win, there's no way they're firing Bud. That's a terrible move.
0: <laughs> I, th- I think Bud is safe regardless after beating the Nets. Okay. To be honest.
2: Yeah, and that's it, my opinion. I, I think it depends on how it shakes out. Like if he just if there's another total meltdown in the playoffs, it's it's hard to,
0: to keep him. That's true. I mean, they are playing the Hawks, so it would be ironic if he lost to the Hawks because of his former <laughs> team. Yeah. Wow. And they're, they're a four seed that, you know, candidly should not even be here, right?
2: Yeah, right. and I, I really think the Hawks are, are probably one of the worst conference final teams we've seen in the last few years. I think it things really broke perfectly for them with injuries on teams they were playing and just kind of the seeds they had, um, and also Doc Rivers.
1: <laughs>
2: so yeah yeah i mean my my predictions are you know i think this is kind of the first year that you're gonna really see the influence of clutch um start to wane uh, because you know as lebron is not the force that he once was uh, I think it's going to be harder for Clutch to force some things that they would have in the past, especially because they don't, I mean, they're high profile clients outside of LeBron and AD. Uh, they have some and they, they have a lot, but it, it, I think it's harder than it, it's going to be harder than it used to be for them. Um, and I think you'll see you'll see some interesting stuff.
1: I, I, well, I've I've heard that there's a parallel that basically like Clutch has taken over the Lakers in the same way CAA has taken over the, the Knicks. Knicks. Yeah. yeah. the The problem is the Lakers just aren't
2: like the way their team is structured and their salary cap. They they're very locked into a lot of things. Um, and they have to get a – co-op if they want to make moves other than re-sign their own guys, they have to get other teams to cooperate on sign-in trades, and I think that's going to be really tough. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and I think there's a non-zero chance that Pop retires. Um, oh. I, I would say that one of the things that might be a motivator for Pop is that – you know, maybe he decides Becky Hammond is the person that should take over for him. Um, but he's going to coach the Olympics, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, he's in charge he's the Olympics right now. coach. I'm sorry, what'd you say? He is the Olympics coach. I do yeah, know that. So, so, I think there's a possibility Popovich retires. Uh, that that spurt situation is weird. They're kind of that one of those borderline teams. So, it, it should be interesting. Um... I think free agency is just going to be nuts this year, especially with as much parity as there was in the league this year. I think there's going to be a lot of teams that say, Hey, why not us? Uh, that there, and you know, it's almost going to be kind of like coming out of the pandemic, a little pent up demand for competitive basketball for some of these markets. So it should be interesting. Um, in terms of the calves, uh, what do you think of the Kevin Love
1: signing up for the Olympic team move? Uh, Chris, I like it, honestly. Uh, he needs to play, you know. Uh, he didn't play hardly at all this year. Um, so I think it's an opportunity for him to just play basketball, um, get into some kind of game shape and hit the ground running for next year. Also, um, just find joy in playing the game. I mean, it's it's got to suck for him, you know, playing around guys that basically don't know what the heck they're doing. You know, and, and to be put into a, you know, a situation where you're playing, you know, with the, with the elite of the NBA. So, um, you know, find some joy in playing the game and, and honing his craft and, you know, um, just uh, hit the ground running. Because I mentioned in the uh, Ross Review article, you know, I think there's mutual incentive there for him to play well. Um, and for the Cavs to get him to play well so that there's trade opportunities or, you know, or just successful basketball to be played, you know, so... Um, yeah,
2: I mean he certainly would help to improve his defense if it if it, if it works out well and... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hope he's healthy and, you know, he gets in the weight room and all that stuff, so... Yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah. Why, I, why I worry not? about calves in the, uh, on the Olympic team, though. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Uh, it is scary. You're you're totally right. It is scary. So (laughs) yeah. What about
2: you, Eli? Are you positive or negative on that?
0: Oh, I'm, I'm pretty positive. I mean, worst case scenario, if he gets hurt again, like that's what he's, that's what's unfortunately happened to him in the last two years in Cleveland. So it wouldn't come as a surprise. Um, You know, I think there's, you know, only upside that he could show himself and, Candidly, I think him getting even selected to be, you know, worthy of committing to the twelve man roster is pretty pretty worth noteworthy not of itself. So hopefully Great he gets play. the opportunity to shine, and you know at least rebound really well and make a lot of open threes for the squad. Because a lot of teams play zone against the U.S. to yeah, prevent and, easy Yeah, and dunks. a big
2: that can shoot, and he his passing, you know, from the high post is definitely something that can help a team. So. I, hopefully, it's good for his mental health. Yeah, and I, I think that's all we really have aside from you know, Kobe. Kobe Altman's now a busy man and has had a big smile. It it just amazes me just how much fortunes turn on just completely random events, <laughs> you know, and the perception of luck uh, it, it is definitely definitely an odd differentiator in the NBA. Uh, very different from the mlb and uh the nfl it it it, you almost feel like some of these guys are blessed or cursed and there's really no validity to that it's just random chance yeah 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 you got to be lucky you got (laughs) to be lucky to win so yeah so eli you didn't get to uh pitch anything last night anything you want to pitch uh any any good stories other than you know being at a party and all that
0: Oh, let me think here. I don't really have anything. What any PS5
2: games you've been playing?
0: You know, honestly, this is kind of kind of nerdy, but um, I've been listening to a lot of Kevin O'Connor. I don't know if you guys know who that is. He's with Athletic or uh, not Athletic. He's with the the Ringer, and he's you know Bill Simmons guy. (laughs) But he plays a lot of Call of Duty Warzone, and he's pretty open about it. I'll just be honest. I've also been on the Call of Duty Warzone scene these days. It's definitely a very addicting game. Um, so it's is free that to... like
2: a team FPS?
0: No, so it is an FPS, but it's actually a battle royale. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so you can play in teams, though, teams of up to four. Um, it can be a pretty toxic environment, because uh, you usually play with randoms unless you have a squad. So, But communication is very important in the game, just like it is in life. So it's a very uh, fun... <laughs> fun and entertaining game and this is coming from the guy who's not married or has a serious girlfriend so communication is key
2: (laughs) so I do have a um, uh, a recommendation from Simo uh, uh, famous Cavs the blog uh, sometimes podcaster and always commenter he said uh, check out the movie L-A-P-S-I-S, if you haven't already. Nicely done, low-budget flick, and has an enjoyable take on the gig economy. So um, I'll have to check that out. I I don't have any other uh, stuff beyond that. Well, now I'm going to Google it just to to see what it is, because I I feel like that is a lacking... um, Yeah, I don't know any of these actors. So... (laughs) But I guess it did come out this spring, um, and it is a uh, science fiction flick. Uh, it looks like a low-budget, minimalist science fiction. So, um, Dean Imperial plays Ray Maselli, a working-class Queens man who quits his baggage delivery job and starts working for Cabler, a global company that hires people to walk through depopulation centers, unspool links of cable, and plug them into giant black cubes... <laughs> Uh, okay. Wow. That's, wow. That sounds crazy. So I definitely want to watch that now. And I got to see what uh, platforms that is on. Um, but I don't see it. So I, I imagine you can watch it on Prime. Yeah, it looks like you can rent it on Prime or Vudu or any of those, but I don't see it see any, free anywhere. So, But I'll definitely check that out because I love quirky sci-fi. So. So and that's all I got on Cavs a podcast. We are mercifully under an hour for our second day in a row for, for a all podcast. Right. So I'm nice um, excited to see all the draft takes. I feel like Cavs Twitter is going to be, you know, speaking of Battle Royale, I feel like the takes on Cavs Twitter are going to get heated and nuts over the next five weeks. And, you know, stay sane, friends. It is just basketball. And as always, go Cavs. Go Cavs. And, and, and we're number three. <laughs> <laughs> so Actually, depressing. I'm going I'm to record real quick because there is one thing I did want to talk about. Um, so who – and this is a fun one. Who were the biggest winners and who were the biggest losers from the draft I mean, or from the lottery? I feel like the losers clearly, Chicago, Minnesota, these teams that didn't even get a pick um, – you know, and some of these ones that didn't move up. Uh, I felt like Golden State was a loser a little bit because they could have definitely drafted a lot higher. Oh, yeah. I mean, for them sure. dropping all the way to seventh with that uh, Minnesota pick feels feels rough for them. Yeah, uh, I mean. Anybody
1: else big winner or loser? Uh, OKC. I mean, they were god-awful this year. Uh, they fell to six, I think. Yeah. Well, and and that was
2: the big thing where the Cavs lost the coin flip and
1: and lost the battle but won the war. There you go. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. So I think OKC with all their, I mean, like, there was so much to do. Like, oh, my God, they have a million picks and everything. Well, you know, well, and actually you guys were talking about, you know, trades or whatever. They have six, 16, and 18 um and so you know, I'm not five, sure right? Huh 16
2: 18 and 6
1: Yes yes so they've got three picks in the top 20 but I don't know if I don't know if that moves the needle necessarily unless you know you want to take as many shots as you want you know well like cuz the, the thing is is I think with 16 and 18 you met, you guys mentioned Singoon and uh Giddy you know maybe they fall, you know, I think Sangoon probably more likely to fall than Giddy. I think Giddy probably goes, you know, uh, lottery ish, right? Um, but uh, you know, I don't know, you know, uh, it, it's a it's an interesting question. When you guys mentioned uh, five, five and eight, you know, it it made me think for a second, so yeah,
2: I mean, it, it's definitely
1: it's definitely gonna be a weird one for them,
2: um. I'm super glad that Golden State didn't get a real high draft pick. Uh, Yeah. I would have been super annoyed by that whole situation. (laughs) I I think they're very likely to trade out of at least one of those picks uh, Mm -hmm. to try and get another star on that team. But I also think they've got to get a buy-in from, you know, Steph Curry. And I don't know if they're going to get one. Um, You know, the – pick I see in this mock draft I'm reading at 7 is your boy Jalen Johnson which actually I think is a great fit for them
1: oh that would be scary I would actually be worried about that yeah yeah, because I think outside of the guarantees like Jalen Johnson to me is the, one of the most intriguing guys because the the metrics are there that this guy could be like a, a top level score a 20, mm-hmm. you know 20 to 25 point score on the wing And uh, his defensive metrics are off the charts as well. So yeah, also the the thing with the thing with Jalen Johnson, you know, just knowing from Duke, uh, Shashevsky, man, he's bad. I mean, just his strategy was awful this year. Um, His team is retiring. Yeah, exactly. I think he realized he's lost it, you know, um, because really, what they should have been doing with Jalen Johnson is running him at the point. He should have been running as a point forward this whole year for a multitude of reasons. I think he was their best playmaker uh, quite honestly their guards were garbage and um, also for his own development as, as an NBA player you know I think and, and he just they just refused to they had him they brought him off the bench they they did weird stuff with him and that's why he that's basically why he left you know I, I think they just did not know how to use him. And he was like, "Screw this! I'm just." He has a foot thing, which I think uh, that's probably uh, probably even a bigger concern than just leaving college. Is what, what's the status of his foot? But uh, you know, uh, he's a he's a he could possibly be a dynamic scorer. That's that's my interest in him is a dynamic scoring wing. Yeah.
0: Speaking yeah, of he, winners, though, um, or oh, sorry, Nate, sorry, no, Nate, go ahead. Speaking of winners, I would say the Raptors are actually quietly a very big winner. They moved yeah. up the most in the draft. Um, I think I think Lowry's probably going to leave. Um, I don't know where, mm. but I think he's going to leave because I just don't think he sees a route to a championship with the Raptors in the near future. Yeah, But that being said, they could draft Suggs. There's room that would definitely give him probably like a two-year deal. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, yeah, ironically, I think said, they could take Suggs. They have some chances at sign trades as well. Mm-hmm. Right. So, sorry, go ahead, d But I think, like, Suggs would be a perfect uh, – yeah, <laughs> if he slots in F four, that would be perfect to be in fleets like uh, backcourt mate, and that would, you know, keep them – quite honestly, to be an interesting team with Siakam and uh, – Siakam,
1: uh, Van Gary Fleet, Trent. and Trent Jr. And so it would be a good and, team. Yeah. And, uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, uh yeah, they they're an they're an interesting team for sure. I and I think they would end up getting something back for Lowry. Um they got to s- secure
1: Masai first. Oh, is he uh when's his contract up? I think it's up this this summer. I like think after he after the draft. I I don't know. That's a good question. I'll i will try and pull that up, but uh yeah. Well, yeah. I
2: I think he'll end up staying, but who knows? I mean I'm trying to think of a big market that needs an NBA team, like or an NBA GM. Like I couldn't see him going to Chicago just because that's not the way Chicago rules. And I well, Chicago just had their overhaul last year, so yep, yeah. I don't know where he'd go. I mean, obviously the Knicks are already set up now. Maybe if there's a big, um, you know, fallout in. In Brooklyn, maybe he could end up there.
1: Um, so the the recent rumors uh, were shooting down the Mavericks. So wow. that, was, that was the rumor, um, was him going to the Mavericks. Interesting. Um, but supposedly that's not going to happen according to, you know, this one. Uh, it's a fan site, you know. And also, the fact that, I mean, basically, and they're saying the reason why is because Cuban medals. Oh, yeah. So, he would do- he would not want to be in that kind of situation. Yeah, that's um, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, like, God. Maybe Houston, but I just can't see him working for Fortidda. Right, right. And for Tita's guy. Uh, you were speaking about money troubles. I guess he's like, uh, he's like poster boy number one. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, he bought the team.
2: Like literally there's a question of how much of the Rockets are owned by the Fed's toxic asset program. <laughs> um, because he literally bought that team with uh, junk bonds.
1: <laughs> oh my god.
2: I mean, I don't know if you've looked into this at all. No. Eli, am, am I under uh selling that situation? I don't know if you've
0: you've seen that, but Yeah, I mean it's basically Fertita's business empire is based on restaurants, which obviously right. Destroyed. were decimated yeah. and he's he's gotten millions of PPP loans and SBA loans, and that's how he basically funded uh the ongoing well, yeah, payments and- of the crime. So many of his businesses were purchased with bonds
2: um, yeah. and, you know, finance debt. And even it, it was super weird. Like, there's a fantastic True her piece where they basically research why, in God's name, the NF- NBA ever let Fertitta buy a team. Because um, they never should have. Because <laughs> he has, you know, he, he isn't... They actually got better offers, and for some reason they, they sold the team to him. So... I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't know if any big winners or losers, but yeah, I feel like a lot of fortunes uh, around the NBA changed tonight, but I also feel like the league probably is closer to parity right now than it has been in a really long time. So, um yeah. It it it's a fun time to be alive. So, Absolutely. once again, I'll say go Cavs.
1: Go Cavs. Go Cavs.
0: Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs podcast. Check back
2: soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger.
0: There's fire.
1: lost your home. Lose your partner. And we're out.
0: Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4:55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it?
1: I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense.
0: Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets,
2: or McCrispy Sandwich.